Welcome back to the Brighter Web Podcast. Insights on growing a small business using the latest technology and marketing best practices. I'm Robert Carnes, joined by my co-host, Mickey Mill. Hey, good to see you, Robert. Excited to dig into this one. Another boring but essential one for people to dig into. So let's unpack it a bit here. Should that be the tagline for this podcast? Boring (laughs) but essential? I hope not. We have have some pretty good ones. I think so as well. And this is something that I'm interested to learn from you on because I've tried to take a more intentional approach to my personal online privacy and security. And, And hopefully this is something that applies not only to businesses, but also individuals listening to this because it's it really can be a very personal thing to keep to keep your data online secure. And you mentioned privacy and security. I think those are two very different things, but yes. we'll unpack both of those as we dig in. So. Yes. And so we we recently on an episode of this podcast talked about how to keep your website safe through maintenance and through updates and those sort of things. And there there is a little bit of overlap, but the the main gist of this episode is to keep yourself safe. For sure. Yep, absolutely. So tell us why this matters. Uh, Tell us why people should actually pay attention to their online privacies and security. I think most people understand this already, but there's a few things that can happen. You have identity theft, which is a major problem. Fortunately, nothing I've had to deal with personally, but a lot of people have, and and there's a good chance I will at some point. People do. So the more you can keep your stuff private and secure, I think that crosses over into both, and people can find public information about you without hacking, or they could hack to get it. And so keeping your stuff locked down is good. You have things like getting your accounts hacked on Facebook or somewhere else. Um, That can be a bad thing. You see people often get their accounts cloned. And and this is why it's important to understand this stuff a bit more. Is people get their account cloned and someone makes a new Robert Carnes on Facebook and starts inviting people. Well, you didn't get hacked for that. It's just because your information was too public and people saw it. And there's places you can go with that. And I feel like... (laughs) It doesn't happen to everybody, but I feel like everybody listening to this podcast probably knows someone who it has happened to. Yeah, uh, Facebook sure. is a very well-known one because there are so many active users and because it's it's such a big target. But it's And it's not the worst thing in the world, but a lot of times it, it can be a real headache. It can be a real problem to try to either get your account back or to get a clone account shut down. It's just... it's. It's an inconvenience that we really want to avoid at all costs. For sure. And that leads into the next one, too, is like getting your credit card information stolen. If you have a decent bank, you shouldn't lose money from it, but man, it's a headache. And you got to cancel your cards and update all your stuff and just... What a pain. So keeping things secure in that regard is good. Right. Thankfully, there are a lot of safeguards, like you said, with a bank. Right. Uh, who, there have been a couple times where my credit card has been taken in a, a false charge, but I've gotten the money back because I bank with a big, reputable company. But even just having to go through that hoop and making sure that they verify me, those hoops that you've got to jump through can be a pain. Right. And we're even going to tell you more hoops you should be jumping through that are more of a pain. So it all becomes <laughs> a, a thing of convenience versus security as well. And you got to find that balance of how tight you want to lock everything down, like not going online would keep you a lot safer, but that's not realistic. So we got to find the balance between convenience and security. And then the other one you kind of mentioned, yes, getting your websites hacked can cause other issues. We'll dig into that a bit more, but we covered that a lot back in episode 15. So that may be one worth listening to as well. Absolutely. So we've talked about why, why this matters, why it's worth you paying attention and continuing to listen to this episode of the podcast. But what are some basic practical steps that people can do to keep their accounts safer? So the big one is really having a password manager, like LastPass is one we use, OnePass. There's a lot of great password managers out for two reasons. One is they help you develop just ridiculous passwords that you don't even know what they are that cannot really be guessed. And also it has, helps it, makes it easy, I guess, for you to have different passwords on every site. You should never reuse the same password anywhere. And this lets you have a unique password on every site you go to, but then your browser will have access to it to pull in the passwords for you. Your phone will have access to it. 
And that can make a huge difference right off the bat there. A, a few years ago, one of the reasons why I'm definitely interested in this topic, I listened to an episode of Reply All, which yes, is a, a yep. fun podcast that we both enjoy. And it basically detailed all the ways that a hacker can get your password and uncover vulnerabilities. And I very quickly did a bunch of things like adopting um, a LastPass you know, password manager uh, to keep my, my things a little bit more secure. Because part of this is also you're never going to be unhackable. You're never going to, like you said, unless right. you're just not on the internet, which is yeah. not practical. But you really just want to be less easy to hack. You want to be slightly more difficult to hack than the average person. And then you're at least somewhat safer. Exactly. And the other piece that makes you, again, you cannot be unhackable, but makes it much more unlikely to get hacked is having two-factor authentication set up. And so you've probably heard about this two-factor or dual-factor authentication the idea behind it is really there's three factors, three ways you can identify yourself. One is with something you know, like a password. One is with something you have, like your phone. And one is with something you are, like your fingerprint or some have like iris scans or face recognition or whatever. And so dual factor means using more than one of those. Like most places do it on something that you know, a password. So they ask for your password. So dual factor is saying, hey, we're going to do something and one of the others. So it may be we're going to send you a text message to prove that you have your phone. So it's something you know, a password, and something you have, your phone. Or... You have to put in your fingerprint on the phone. So it's something you have, it's something you know, a password, and something you are, your fingerprint. And so just getting that second factor makes it very difficult. If someone steals a password list or hacks into a site, they have one of the factors, but they can't get the other one. And if they steal your phone and can have your intercept text messages, they still don't know your password that you know. Having dual factor makes it much more difficult to get hacked. So after listening to that episode of Reply All, one of the things that I did, not only downloading an authenticator app, but I also bought a YubiKey, okay, which yep. you joked about in a staff meeting that we had recently, that to be a true nerd, you have to know what a YubiKey is. <laughs> exactly. And, and it's really just a, it's, it's a separate authentication thing that I plug into my computer anytime I have to dual factor something. Mm -hmm. To log into one of my accounts, I plug this little flash drive in and it, it basically says, yep, this is the right person. You can let him through. Right. It's something um, you have. So right, yeah, pr right. Proving that you have this device and you know the password. And again, the dual factor of that makes it much more difficult for you to get hacked. And the idea behind this is that most of us, big celebrities and government officials aside, for the most part, hackers aren't going after you or me. They're going after the easiest targets they can find. Yes. And so get a list of passwords. They try to log into Mickey's account and it has dual factors. And say, ah, on to the next one. I'm just going to find an easier target. So make yourself a more difficult target and a lot of hackers will just go away and find easier prey. Another question that I have, even just for my own selfish uh, reasons, if you do have a password manager and you do have strong uh, passwords for each of your different accounts, do you recommend changing those passwords frequently? Is it okay to keep that same password into eternity? Or are you, do you still recommend updating those passwords on a semi-regular basis? I, updating passwords has not been proven to help. There's been a lot of studies saying just, just the sake of updating passwords doesn't really make a difference. If you have a unique password on a unique server that's never been hacked, why would you change it? It can't hurt to change, I guess. There's no harm in it as long as it's unique. But companies that have... Like our bank that we use, I've gotten on them a few times because they require you to change your password every 60 days. And there's no reason for that. If we have a good secure password, that's just an annoyance. And then it actually, in that, that case, I think it makes it less secure. So I do have to share that with my business partner and others. And so that opens up another vector for that password to get out. But it doesn't hurt to change it. But I think having a unique, strong password and dual factor is 
by far more valuable than just changing periodically. That makes me feel good because it did take me a few hours to update all my passwords when I decided to make this change and add everything into a password manager. So it it took a good investment of time, (laughs) but thankfully I'm not having to kind of continually to replicate that every year or every quarter or something like that. Exactly. And when you do get a password manager, you're gonna have to change all your passwords that time because you probably have the same one a lot of places and all that. But once it's done, you should be good. Because again, if one, one site gets hacked, if your Home Depot account gets hacked, that password's out there, you might need to change that, but you're not having to change the others because they're different anyhow. So it doesn't matter. So we've talked about several kind of different key things to help people's accounts safe. Let's talk about their online information. Let's talk about data privacy when it comes to that. What are some practical steps that people can put into place to keep themselves more private when they're browsing online? Right, and that, that's an interesting one because you say more private, which is a good thing, but you want to balance the privacy with, again, with convenience. Google, I think, is a great example. Right? I fully trust their security, I think, with dual factor and stuff. Like my Gmail is perfectly safe. I don't necessarily trust their privacy. But they do some neat things with it too that can be beneficial when they're transferring my data from Google Calendar to Gmail into my car to pop up on the screen. Like, that's a lot of my privacy bouncing around, but it's beneficial. So you have to decide what, what level of privacy you want. Like on Facebook, if you publish things publicly, more people can see it and relatives can see things, but so can bad people. So you gotta balance, you know, that sort of thing. In our case, like on Facebook, we publish a lot of our posts, my wife and I do public, but if our kids are in it, we do that just to friends only, just to limit it a bit knowing full well that if you publish it to any degree, it could get out. So friends only, we know others might see it, but it makes it a little more difficult. So that gets into checking the privacy settings on every platform. Just know what you're sharing. You should know on Facebook or on Twitter, are you sharing this to the world or just to your friends or at least understand what you're doing. You may choose to share it to the world and that's fine, but knowing what you're doing and that goes back to getting your Facebook account cloned too, is people that share publicly, it's easier for a hacker to say, oh, I'm gonna scrape some of that stuff and make a fake one that looks just like him and make it clone and so, there's downsides there too. I know one of the, the things like you mentioned using Google, which Google is a massive company that has a lot of great features and tools online, but some people are concerned about their privacy. And so mm-hmm. some people don't use the Chrome browser or Gmail or some of those other tools that they have that are good because there's a risk with privacy there. So what are some of the different things when it comes to like browsers or email clients, those tools, do you have any recommendations or insights there? Right, and again, it comes back to privacy versus security. I tend to use Chrome because I use a lot of Chromebooks. And so I like the convenience of being able to log onto a Chromebook and have all my stuff with me, knowing that my privacy is a bit more at risk because Google has that. You can use things like the Brave browser or DuckDuckGo for search or other things that are very privacy focused and they are better for privacy than Google, no doubt. Um, but they have trade-offs. You're gonna have, you can't, I can't hop on my Chromebook and have all my stuff synced in automatically if I'm using those. and what's more important to me and you have to decide what matters. And, and I asked that question partially because I recently made that shift. I used Chrome for about a decade and I recently have started experimenting with using Brave as a browser because mm-hmm. it's more privacy focused and DuckDuckGo as a search engine because it's, again, the same reason right. it's privacy focused. So uh, I, I haven't noticed a huge drop off, but there are little trade-offs because they don't sync quite as well with my computer and with my phone. So, yeah. but I'm, I'm willing to do that right now to see if it's something to you know keep myself a little bit more private and more secure. And there's, and I, I kind of go the opposite way sometimes. I've been playing with a new app called Heyday, heyday.xyz, I think, that basically every website you visit, it logs it in their system and keeps a snapshot of it and then has some cool insights. Like you've researched a bunch of things about privacy, you've researched these things about the iPhone 14 and surfaces things, but man, you're giving them all your browsing stuff along the way. Right. And they have a tight security policy and tight security procedures, but it's still, I'm still hesitant if I'm gonna stick with it or not because they can promise all the privacy in the world, but they've got everything. So there's a trade-off for sure. They have some 
amazing results out of that and amazing convenience, but at the expense of security, you got to decide what, what matters more. Absolutely. Yeah. And really not what matters more. I think they're both important. Finding the level that's right for you. A balance. The better way to put it. Absolutely. Yeah, find, balance is the right word. There you go. So a lot of this can apply both to personal or business related stuff. I think it, you know, it probably will be more personally helpful, I think, in a lot of cases. So what is the, the business side of things? Why, why should this matter to businesses and, and why leaders should implement some of these things when it comes to their companies and their employees? So I think a big one, of course, is keeping your customer data safe. Two examples of that, like in our case, a lot of our customers pay us via credit cards, but we never see the numbers. We don't have them on our systems. We don't store them. It's just their system being set up where a customer types it in, goes directly to the bank for the payment. I don't want to see the cards, touch the cards. If we were to get hacked, that would not expose our customers' credit card information. Um, and the same with like frustrating thing, at least at first, is if you're in WordPress or any decent system, you can't look up a password for someone because the password's not in the system. It's all encrypted in there. And so the idea being if a website were hacked or a whole service were hacked and the passwords got out, it's not actually the passwords getting out. It's just encrypted versions of the passwords to help the spread because as much as we push password managers, people do reuse passwords a lot. So yeah. the more you can protect if, if it gets out, if Walmart got hacked with passwords or whatever, hopefully the actual passwords wouldn't be there. And so doing that as a business just to protect your customers if you get hacked can help. The other side of it, and it's a little strange, but it's help your customers feel safe. I think the most important thing is to make them actually be safe. But if you're running a business, you want customers to feel safe. You may have the most secure site in the world and all the greatest measures, but if it feels a little sketchy and some links are broken and things just don't feel buttoned up, customers won't feel safe and that will impact your business. So I think making them safe, but also making them feel safe are almost two different things, but are both equally important. Right. And anytime we talk to some of our clients and we tell them things like, hey, we are not going to save your credit card information, like that's, that's protecting you that is helping that feeling of safety in their case. Exactly, and that's that's one that covers both very easily. They, they see the true safety of it and they feel safe and it's a win-win. So the last last thing we'll mention on here, which is not the case of hopefully anybody on, on listening to this podcast, but there are cases where ransomware can happen, where a mm-hmm. company can get hacked and where they're private information and they can lose revenue. So one of these cases is just helping to avoid, again, becoming a target of things like that. Right, and ransomware is one that for now is mostly targeted. They go after specific companies, but uh, they're gonna start going after more and more, I'm sure, and that gets into keeping good backups of your data and having good security and gets into things like the principle of least privilege, like giving employees and customers only access to what they need, not giving them just like, hey, we'll make you an administrator on the system so you can get whatever you need. Like, no, no, Robert needs access to this thing and Ali needs access to that thing and Mickey needs access to this and lots of security policies. We could talk for a long time about how that works, but just keeping things as tight as you can and then having backups of things to the extent possible if, if that goes sideways. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for all this advice, Mickey. I'd say if there's one thing that people can take away from this, it might be just getting a, a password manager and having secure passwords. Like yep. that will take you a lot further than a lot of people already are that have just weak passwords and use the same exact one on every platform. So yep. that's a great place to start. And then things like LastPass, which is one we like, the premium version to get on all your devices is like five bucks a month or something. It's ridiculous. So it's absolutely worth doing. Right. So. And if, if you pay 50 bucks a year or whatever that is, that is well worth, I, I think if you got hacked and you lost your Facebook account, you would very like happily have paid $50 to avoid something like that. So go ahead and be proactive, sure. <laughs> pay that money up front to avoid a larger headache down the line. Absolutely, well said. So if you have been, thank you for listening to this episode of the Brighter Web Podcast, brought to you by Green Melon, a digital marketing agency. To help your business keep up with the latest digital marketing trends, check us out at greenmelon.com. You can also find show notes and more episodes of the podcast at abrighterweb.com.